0: Hi, I'm David Butler. I'm
1: Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to, don't miss this. This is try two for this one. Sorry, I got a text that James Harton got (laughs) I was so excited again, and I got distracted.
1: Okay, welcome back. So here we are, back
0: to the Doctrine and Covenants, right? Back to the year 1829. Um, Real fast, Uh, those of you who have been emailing about all the things, the supplies, the posters, and the journals, and the books, um, they should all, by the time you watch this, stickers, I'll be back in stock at Desert Book. Now. So yay! And then those um, international friends who are worrying about getting the the posters, um, check the email and the, the newsletter. newsletter <laughs> the newsletter, sorry, um, which comes by email.
1: You are. So
0: yeah, it is fun. We have a solution for you in case you didn't see that. All right, section ten. Here's a little background to kind of get you into why um, why and what. This is a big chunky section. I as I started it. I didn't yes, realize how long is. I was going to be going with yep. it. The kids, like, um, we were just doing section two, you know, and they were like, oh, okay, how many verses is it? Because they want to break it out and, yeah. and every, read it every and, day and stuff like this. P.S., yes, if you want this idea, we started doing this in our house and I love I it that, that. Um, we just have like, okay, here's the section. And whoever's night it is to pray, they share a verse somewhere from that
1: section oh, I love that, idea. that
0: they've read and it's it's working great we're it's only in january <laughs> so and <you're> all
1: caught <laughs> it
0: might be a disaster by april but so <laughs> far it's okay, been that's awesome a good one yeah it's cool they're old enough to kind of read and yeah. find cool stuff they like so we're liking that um okay here's the situation um oliver comes in um remember in april and they are translating Um, But when they start translating, they start translating and scribing in the book of Mosiah. um, Because there was what was called the book of Lehi. And Martin Harris, remember, was the scribe for that. It was 116 pages. Um, They were lost. They had no idea where they went. Remember, Joseph lost the privilege. He lost the Urim and Thummim. Um, Then he gets it all back. Slow going. Oliver shows up. I don't think we mentioned this. They start in April. And they are done with Mosiah through the Book of Moroni by mid June of the same year. That P.S. is at the rate of about eight to ten pages a day. I can't read the Book of Moroni. I
1: know that as fast as right, it. and I and it. I can't
0: dip a pen in ink and write that like that's intense. Um. Elder Maxwell, years ago, um, was talking about this, and he talked with one of the translators of the Japanese Book of Mormon, Mm. who took it from English into Japanese, and he asked him, tell me your rate of translation. And he told him, on a good day, with our whole team, and the computer, and all the dictionaries and everything, if it's a good day and I have the full day to work, one page a day, is how quickly I can Mm. do it, you know? And... He already has the words Yeah. to make up eight to ten yeah, pages a day. Is, yeah, and the punctuation and everything's
1: like, right. So yeah. that's,
0: I, I actually think it's a cool thing to talk about because it's actually one of the internal evidences of the authenticity of the book. is like they seriously cruised through that um, so fast yeah. with all its complexities and... And it's good.
1: Yes. It's,
0: it's sold millions it's of good. copies. <laughs> you know? Like anybody could put down eight to ten pages of rubbish. But like this is a book that's inspiring people to give away I'm their talking. time Gave and your money stamp and stamp like, of approval. Well I'm just saying, like book what book would would I have gone to Korea for two years for? You know? True. Harry Potter's not that good. Okay. It's I like good. it, but not enough to give up all my dollars. Oh, so awesome. anyways, rad. So they finish Moroni, they get to the end. Now the question is: do we go back and retranslate the book of Lehi? That is the question that they are asking and wondering, what do we do about that whole? Because they kind of forgot about it. And like, let's just go. They don't know where the pages are. That's our question. Do we retranslate the book of Lehi? And they go to the Lord um, with that question. And section 10 is his answer. And in typical fashion of the Lord, they get more than they asked for. <laughs> <laughs> you know which is really really um neat but what you're going to think about when you when you um look at section 10 is there, man what what are those times what about those times in your life where you feel like like we have every, nothing's going right we blew it it's messed up nothing is fixing i don't see a solution i don't know how he's been there once before mm-hmm. with section 3 here we are again almost now questioning like do you almost feel like joseph brings it up like this Like,
1: let's just wait till we're done with everyone yeah. everything <laughs> yeah. else always proud of us yeah. and then we can ask and him about like,
0: those so remember those pages what, do you, what should we you know what yeah. should we do you know about that and it's a section of the doctrine and covenants that teaches us how god is able um, to be sure the things that are really important to him are not lost And when you're in those places of thinking, oh man, what do I even do with this situation? Mm. Um, This section teaches us God has a backup plan. And uh, we're gonna talk about that in section 10.
1: Yeah, it's so good. I do love this too before we jump in to watching what happens. I love that here they are and they're like at a race to the finish, right? They've been putting in those hours, they're doing eight to 10 pages a day and who loves when he says in verse four, do not run faster or labor more than you have strength and means provided to enable you to translate. But be diligent until the end. And you just <laughs> love that. He's like, I see how hard you're working. Like, you just do the best you can. Yeah. And you know, I just I love that little thing. Before we and dive don't into not burn this, out, please. Yeah, before <laughs> we dive into this 70 verse teaching moment we're yeah. about to have, let me just start out by telling you. You're doing a great job. Just keep doing what you're doing, you know? And he's like, okay, let's talk about this.
0: Okay, so this is what if we find out from this section. As you read through, you'll see the, um, oh, Oliver, is that you? We're getting a call. Um, as you read through the section, what you're going to find out happened is, um, <laughs> I'm so dumb when I said Oliver. <laughs> Why well, did I that come be to fun my if it my mind? Was Oliver. Um... Uh, what happened is somebody has the 116 pages. The Lord lays out in this section, let me tell you what happened to the pages, and let me tell you what the plan is for those pages. Someone has stolen them, um, and they are going to change them so that when you retranslate the book of Lehi again and print it, they're going to show up with the pages and they're going to say, ha ha, you didn't look, do it right. You totally messed it up, which just lets you know that. Sin makes you a little stupid because let's just think about this for a second. If they're going to change them because they know they're going to match, then they know that Joseph's (laughs) legit translating. So you're like, that's just a, what is happening? And he tells you in here um, kind of what they're reasoning and why those people and everything. But what the Lord kind of uncovers underneath all of this and spends a lot of time here is this. Teaching Joseph... Um, This really important lesson um, for him, for us, is the devil is at work trying to destroy all of the things that are important and precious to you. The devil is organizing and planning and relentlessly trying to ruin every good thing that God and you are, are trying to do. And that's what he learns underneath all of this, is that yes, yes, you've got this conniving little group of toothless drunks who are, (laughs) you know, gonna switch the pages. But underneath all that, there is a work of evil and mischief happening um, from the devil trying to mess this up.
1: And I love that he does tell them also, after the verse where he tells them, you're doing a great job, keep doing it. The very next thing he says to them is in verse five, Pray always that you may come off the conqueror. And then he introduces them to Satan and his plan. And I I love that at the beginning, he's like, you can beat this, you can overcome this. You just keep praying and you will be the conqueror of whatever it is you're facing right now. And for, for these two, it was, what do we do about the 116 pages? But you're gonna have your own prayer and your own situation and your own need. And there will be places in your life that Satan is gonna try and destroy and take down and mess around with. And I love that what God is gonna do here in this chapter is say, let me show you how Satan works. And then let me show you how I work so that you can see, um, you know, watch for this, watch for these things to be happening, but then when they do, here's what's gonna help you.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting Like, I was just thinking as you were saying that, that he really, like, he's letting him know, um, if you you have to do something to fight and push back, like, if you just let nature take its course, it's like, it's going to end up in disaster and chaos. Like, that's what's going to happen. He's like, Mm -hmm. there is somebody trying to ruin you at Um, all times. You have, you have to know that I promise you can win with, with me, right? Right.
1: It's so interesting that that's what it's going to come down to is this is true. This is true about your life. There is someone who's trying to ruin everything. And it also might be true that you by yourself might not be capable of getting through that, but you with me will become a conqueror. And and he's going to spell that out for us here, which is going to be so good to watch. It's just a good check on where are you at and where is your life at and those things you're struggling with and against, where are they at and how would some of these clues help you to realize, I actually need to be praying. If I'm gonna conquer that thing, I actually need to be praying about that thing and for help with that thing, whatever it is, so.
0: So we've got two boxes in the journal. One of them really is to kind of take a look at the way God describes like, oh, here's the telltale signs that Satan is moving and working and conniving against you, um, and so on that left side, that's a box or it, or in your notes or whatever, where he's just you're gonna you're gonna notice uh, that it's just destruction, like breaking down. There's going to be cunning. There's going to be lies. Uh, there's going to be darkness. There's going to be a stirring up. Mm, like that's um, so
1: true about Satan. He just stirs contention and mischief and lies and you know all of those things
0: and sometimes when you look and you see the results of that happening you know where you're just like oh this is happening in my family this is happening at work this is happening in the in the country it's happening you're just like oh that is clear as day to me that um satan is at work Mm. and moving and stirring and and being cunning with all of those things Contention in verse 63, you add that bonus one, and very similar what you find in 3rd Nephi a lot of anger yeah, and anger. Just, I was,
1: yeah, we want to say that one. Uh, a love of darkness, deeds that are evil. He's stirring iniquity. It's just so interesting how it, it is like this inner working of just my dad used to always call it when we were growing up, did yours, stirring the pot. You're just stirring oh, yeah. the pot right now. He would say that to us if we had contention in our house, and that figuring out. What then is the opposite of destruction and stirring and you know all of that that's taking place? What, what do you do right. when that's happening? So, uh-huh. And I loved your idea of the second half of this square.
0: Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That you might want to, we see how he describes it here. It would be really interesting to write down in your box, maybe at the bottom half, where do you see that taking place In your life right now. Before we jump to the solution, sometimes it's good to just pinpoint, I actually do see this happening Mm -hmm. in my world or my life or a situation that I'm in. Where do you see those things? I think it helps if you recognize it to then rise above it. But you have to see it happening there before you realize, oh, I, I see what's happening.
0: And one of the places I think that you might notice that I just thought this is, he says here in in this section that Satan is going to try and destroy your testimony, Joseph. And I think that might be a place where you might recognize it at at given times in your life where you're like, oh, I actually feel a lot of anger about, you know, gospel-related things. I feel a lot of contention in my soul about it. I feel a lot of um, just... I'm hiding a lot. Well, and and people
1: might be stirring that up in you, which I think is so interesting. It's interesting that Satan will use people to stir that up. That becomes what your conversations are about, that becomes what you're focusing on. It's like if he can just leave you in the muck of that, you won't, you go to a place that is going to destroy everything rather than figuring out how to built.
0: And and there's that line in here that's so like, oh, where he just says, uh, where does he say it? Where he says, he's talking about the people who are trying to um, um, attack Joseph. You know, those conniving people. He's like, they they think that they're trying to destroy what you're doing, Mm. but underneath it, Satan's trying to destroy them. Yes. And it's just like, oh, it's so like, you know, just Cunning is such a good word for it. Yes. Where it's just like I, he has an idea, and it's really sophisticated. And at first glance, it kind of seems like I'm no match for this. You know, like oh my well, goodness, like, how could I be? Let's any talk match about for this? how many
1: verses it is. It is. It starts right there in verse five, and it goes through thirty-three. Like and then by it comes the back again
0: at the 33, end. Thirty-three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Joseph is probably like, whoa. You yeah, know, like right. you're making me feel nervous right now. That this is what I'm up against. And then you love that God, after Joseph understands the magnitude of what he's up against, that God is like, okay, now,
0: let me, let me show, show you, you how wisdom. to conquer. Remember, yeah.
1: I told you at the beginning, you through with prayer, you can conquer. But I'm about to tell you, now let me show you how.
0: So we've got just like how God walks Joseph through that and some of the verses that you can see here, that prayer one that we already mentioned. And that's really interesting to me to pray always. Where you just do you remember reading that thing when we were teaching seminary that one time where BYU had done that study on prayers, and and uh, such a high percentage of people were night prayers. Mm. They were like the BYU students, like right? oh we all pray at night, and then morning was like five percent or yeah. something like that. And I remember we talked about it one time and looked at it and thought that's kind of a bad battle plan, <laughs> <laughs> you know. If I know that I'm going to be like you know, in it, in all, it day all day, long. it's like,
1: maybe, maybe yeah.
0: you should pray always, like yeah. throughout the, you know, and, the entire and thing. Just and
1: invite God into your battle, whatever and, your battle looks like. And
0: it seems so simple, but this, and the simplicity of it can, can make us dismiss it. Mm. Where it is like, there have been times where I'm just like, why am I, do I feel overly tempted today? And it seems simple. And yet it's so significant to just in that place, 3 p.m. to call upon God and, and say, I need strength. Yeah. And like right here, right yeah, now. Yeah, just like in what we learned place. about last
1: week. That's sufficient strength. That's right. what you need in that moment. That's so good.
0: So I love, you'll see, oh yeah. yeah go, let's talk about yeah, some yeah. of these
1: words because they're so good. He tells you this pray always is what he wants you to do. Um he tells him that you can escape the enemy. And I want to think about that just for a minute because if there is a place where you are feeling a lot of contention, division, stirring of the pot, you got to figure out how do you escape that place or that person or that situation, whatever that thing is. Sometimes just praying is not going to be enough. I like when he's like, "You, you got to escape that situation." What verse
0: is that? Um, people want to know in, what that one is.
1: Okay, I'm gonna try. I gotta get to my um, where I started. Um, well, I don't know, but I'll tell you when I get there. So let's just start. 37 is hold your peace. Um, Also in 37, he tells them, I will make all things known to you. I love in 43 when he says, I will show my wisdom. When you see the cunning craft that is taking place of the devil, I will show you my wisdom, which I love that in the midst of all that stirring the pot and everything that's going on. I can show you the way out of that.
0: Yeah, and it's that in that section right there, where he says, "Hold your peace and and don't um, don't tell anybody what you're gonna do yet." Yeah, I know that seems a little bit funny because you think you should you should tell people, but you just won't know the difference between who's your enemy and who's your friend, and so just yeah. hold on and.
1: That other one's in verse five. Pray always. Then he tells <laughs> um, him, "You may oh. escape the hands." of the servants of Satan, right? Just sometimes you have to escape from that situation. I'm gonna show you my wisdom. I will make all things known, he tells them. I love in 52 verse 52 when he says, I do not bring it to destroy, but to build it up. So that's a really good way to see if it's Satan, it's gonna be all about destroying a thing, a person, an ideal, a situation, a um, a community. Satan is is going to stir that pot. That's what he's going to do. Where it's God's character to build, right? Always to build that thing and to create. I like as you read through. You're going to notice as you get into these end verses from 53 on. He's going to talk about belonging and gathering. This is going to be about bringing people in and bringing people along. Uh, You're going to see that a person is important in these situations, that God's work is about people and that lifting up. And then I love where he tells them, it's going to be hard. And he says, you're going to need to repent. That's going to be part of the process, right? You're not going to get it right every time. And you're also... going to need to keep coming back to me. You'll just keep coming back to me. You're going to keep praying. Escaping Satan is probably something we're going to be doing for the rest of our life. So you're not just going to win that battle once. And this chapter is going to come in handy every time you feel that stirring of the pot.
0: It's just nice to know that. It's nice to know that like fires are just going to pop up and you just, like the life of a Christian is always putting out the fires, Yes. right? Just don't let them overtake. They're just going to keep coming up. But I I do like in that one more on that list before we get into the, our favorite one in 55, when he just says there there's, you need not fear, right? Um, Back in six, look unto me in every thought and do not doubt because doubt can take over. And do not fear do not because fear. fear can take and over. And it's
1: interesting because how often have you seen someone stir the pot with fear? Yeah. Isn't that interesting that that is, Satan will will stir that pot by telling you things that you're, you you start feeling that fear so strongly that it might make you act in a way that wouldn't be part of what God would have you do yeah, in that I situation. Yeah,
0: and I really think that looks like you just letting your mind go wild and say, Well, this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen. He's yeah. like, it's almost that man back in six when he's just like, Do you see that your eyes and heart are fixed on your fear and not on me? And I'm telling you, shift over. Yes, there is an enemy. Yes, he is trying to destroy you. But don't let the fear of him consume you. Yeah. That's exactly what he wants. It's so good. Happen. And
1: I love this as we think about this. And as you're reading and thinking about it, something did go wrong. Joseph actually did make a mistake. He let Satan get a hold of what was going on. And there was a loss because of it, right? Damage was actually done. But we love that within this chapter, we also learn that God has a backup plan. And as we read, and we love these verses, you're going to want to look at verse 14 and 31 and
0: 43. And it's cool that they're throughout, right? Yes. Well, they're, they're yeah, just he scattered keeps reminding them yeah.
1: over and over again. I will not suffer that Satan shall accomplish his evil design in this thing. I'm not gonna allow that to happen, he tells um, them. 31,
0: yeah, he says they will not accomplish their evil designs. Like it's not, I'm not gonna let it happen.
1: And then in 43, I will not suffer that they shall destroy my work. Yea, I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. And you love as he starts laying out this backup plan. We were talking about it right before we started, that it's interesting because this happened, but 2,400 years before this happened, God had already put that backup plan into effect. And it's interesting to think when we think about God, who is all-knowing, people sometimes talk about this. Well, if God is all-knowing, then do I have agency? Do I even get to make a choice? Do I have any say in what's going to happen. And it's so interesting to watch that God promised those writers of the Book of Mormon, their words, were going to get to our generation. He promised that. And then he called two fallible servants to take care of that promise. Not to mention every other person who was in charge of the plates for a time, right? Just people who were going to have agency and do what they thought was best and on one day, Joseph and Martin thought what was best was sending Lehi's all of his writing somewhere because they were they feared. They weren't sure what was happening. They let that um, Satan get in the midst of their decision-making and that fear. And it's so awesome because God knew about his promise to Lehi. And he also knew he was going to be working with fallible people who were going to use their agency and make mistakes. And so he made a backup plan, right? He said, this is going to be fine because Nephi, you also write the story of Lehi. You, you write it also. And we're going to put that in the plates. And maybe there are more stories and more things. And we don't know all of the workings of a God who knows all. But I love as we think about it. that
0: And he even tells him in, I think it's 45. He says, "Actually, the small plates of Lehi have better stuff in it than the, than <laughs> in the, Nephi, the you yeah, mean? yeah, the small plates of, of Nephi, Nephi that you're gonna the ones yeah. we have." He says, "There's greater views of my gospel in that section. They're actually better. Yeah. You know,
1: yep." And you love that God can still keep His promises even when He's working with fallible people, and that includes Joseph Smith, and that includes all of the prophets since. Joseph Smith, and sometimes we fit, forget to remember. It also includes me yeah. and you, right? That Mostly he, you. Okay, <laughs> he knows he is working with people who are going to make mistakes, and I love that um, he's he can use his foreknowledge to preserve and protect, right? He, he's going to let us go. And he gave us knowledge, and he gave us agency, and he, then he said okay, do your best. Just like he said to these two, do your best. I have a backup plan. And I wonder how many backup plans in my life were set in place 2,400 years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was like, and then when she does this, it's okay because, you know, I have this, which you love that. I love in 43 when it says, my wisdom is greater, everyone. It's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I, this might be a great, case study like you might be wondering um and wanting to think more about wait how does the omniscience of god and agency and Mm -hmm. prayer all kind of fit in with each other and you probably will end that thought process and discussion with friends and study and um, insights from the spirit still wondering and and that's okay but this was a great chapter to kind of like think through and work through kind of the that Tr- you know, tree out of truths together that, yeah. um, and it's you know, something and you'll, they...
1: you'll learn. That's like a, a lifetime of education too. Don't you think so? Yeah. Where you'll mm-hmm. sometimes, every so often you'll see God come through with a backup plan and you'll be like, Oh, I see. Um, and every time you see it, then you're like, okay, there's just something comforting about knowing that God knows. All the things. Yeah, here's
0: here's the thing from um, from Joseph, teachings of the prophet Joseph. He said this: the great Jehovah contemplated the whole of the events connected with the earth, pertaining to the plan of salvation before it rolled into existence. Past, present, and future are with Him one eternal now. He knew of the depth of iniquity that would connect be connected with the human family, their weaknesses and their strengths their power and glory, apostasies, their crimes, their righteousness and iniquity. And then this line, he knows the situation of both the living and the dead and has made ample provision for their redemption Hmm. according to their several circumstances. And I love that. Sometimes I don't know how they all fit together, but I do love knowing that, yes, there is a devil who is at work to destroy the work of God Um, but there is God himself who is at work and will provide ample provision according to the several circumstances of your life to protect and Mm. preserve And and build and build and enable you to keep and have restored back to you sometimes those things that are most precious to you. That, that, that's what he's like. And even like here, um, I love believing in a God um, who can even take my own mistakes and weave them into the tapestry mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. Uh, I believe in a God that is that powerful, and when we do, when we see that there's a God working for us, um, we're not paralyzed anymore, you know, by our decisions mm-hmm. or by fear, because yes. we know He His wisdom's greater. Yeah. I can move forward, trusting, praying holding my peace and and knowing he's working behind the scenes for this all to to work out. Yeah,
1: that is so good. So, so many really great things from section 10. And then we're gonna jump into section 11. And sometimes the sections just lead nicely into each other. In the Doctrine and Covenants, we really are going from someone's experience to someone else's experience a lot of times. And that is what happens here. So...
0: Yeah, in fact, if you were to put section 11 and twelve in their chronological order, they would go after thirteen, but um, Orson Pratt forgot to move them when he put together the <laughs> 1870 <awesome>. Dr. <laughs> Covenant. So this actually it's a little out of order, but the story's so fun.
1: And we love that what is going to get us in here, our prayer, our need, our situation for section 11 is going to be from Hiram, who is who just has this earnest request to be. Part of what's going on.
0: Yeah. So Sam, little brother Sam, has gone down to Harmony where Joseph and Oliver have been, you know, translating and working on the Book of Mormon. When Sam goes down, they've got the authority to baptize by that time. Sam gets baptized. Then he comes back home and home boy's on fire. Like, and, <laughs> and it just lights something in Hiram and Hiram's like, I gotta get down there right away. That earnestness of his spirit and he's just like, I gotta get there, and and he goes down there, and, and is like, and he wants a job. Yeah, what do we, I want? What what, tell, what happened to Sam? What's going on down here? <laughs> what are y'all doing? What like? What is like? Can you even believe that like they've seen an angel? they seen yes. John the Baptist. All these things will <laughs> yeah. happen. It's like, sit down, Hiram. We got some good stuff for you. It's gonna be so good.
1: So it's fun. We want to tell you a little bit about Hiram before we jump into this, since this is our first time meeting Hiram. Um, it, he's Joseph's brother he will be martyred with Joseph. He's one of the eight witnesses of the Book of Mormon. Uh, He's one of the original six members of the church, he will become the patriarch of the church. And you love that he's described like this, he once told the members of the Quorum of the 12 and the Quorum of the 70s, who had just been called on missions. I love this because it is so his, the truth of his life. Is what he says to them never trifle and take lightly your office and calling and hold strictly to the importance of your mission at all times remember your position before the lord and hold in high esteem and respect the priesthood you bear don't you just wish Hiram came and said that to every 12 or 11 year old now boy who got the priesthood that mm-hmm. he was like listen friend this is what i want you to know about this gospel and this priesthood and this call to be part of this church. It's just, I love his passion for that. Joseph Smith Sr. um, told Hiram, you shall be as firm as the pillars of heaven unto the end of your days. Mm. So true about Hiram. I now seal upon your head the patriarchal power, and you shall bless the people, which is true. And was there one more thing you loved in here?
0: Yes, because okay. y'all, do you know Hiram's my best friend?
1: And, and let's tell him what book we're reading. Oh, this
0: is from um, Susan Easton Back. And that is
1: so true. If David had to pick his favorite church history character,
0: I really do think it is Hiram. I'm mm-hmm. so endeared. He's a day oneer, you know, yeah. like from the very beginning. Uh, one of my favorite stories actually about Hiram is. When um, Joseph has his leg operation, and when he was eight years old, Hiram was six years older than Joseph. So here's 14-year-old Hiram and eight-year-old Joseph. And, oh, I have (laughs) have a 14 and an eight-year-old. So it's so sweet to me to think about the interaction between them. And the only relief Joseph could get on his leg is if someone squeezed his leg right above his knee. And Hiram would just stay through the whole night. And mm. hold on to Joseph's leg. And when Alvin, their oldest brother, died, the last thing Alvin told Hiram is, "Your job's now to take care of the family, watch over everyone." And that's what he does.
1: Mm.
0: And he could have been the bratty older brother, and thought, "Well, how come I didn't? Yeah. How come my younger brother's the one who's you know?" And he watches over Joseph his whole life. And Joseph said this about Hiram. I, lo- I lost it. I'm going to ma- just make it up because it's so good. Oh, it was so good. Um, where is that sweet line about him that you just want to die, that you just love so much? While
1: you're finding it, I'm just going to take us into 11 and you're still going to find it because it's going to be. I three. found it.
0: Okay. Oh. <laughs> he says this about Hiram, my guy uh, I could pray in my heart that all my brethren were likened to my beloved Hiram, who possesses the mildness of a lamb, the integrity of a Job and in short, the meekness and humility of Christ. And I love him with a love that is stronger than death. Mm. Oh, you guys, if Jesus is unavailable on judgment day, ask for Hiram, (laughs) like you. (laughs) this is so good and so sweet. And he comes down with this earnest spirit. And one thing you're going to find in this section, this section is for those of you who have wished upon a star or on a birthday cake, for years and years and years for something that you want so desperately, and is so good, because that's all that came out of Hiram's heart mm-hmm. was good things, and and had the Lord say to you, "Wait," you know, and and you've you've handled the balance of this good golden desire. Yeah,
1: I'm praying for something that's so right, it's right righteous, good. it's good.
0: And then the Lord just saying, "Wait," but He doesn't just say wait; He says. I have some counsel and instruction and plan for you in the waiting. And that's section 11.
1: That's all section 11. We love, first of all, for you to go through and mark everywhere where you see the word desire, because that is what this whole chapter is. It's just Hiram's desire for for to be part of the good things that were coming. And it's gonna start out with him, with the Lord saying, "I, I hear you, Hiram. I see what you're desiring. It is a good thing. You are gonna be, he tells him in verse eight, the means of doing much good in this generation. Like it's almost as if he's like, yep, that thing you're asking for to be able to teach and to lead and and to be able to help build the kingdom, yes, you are gonna be able to do that. But there's gonna be this moment where he says, it's not now, it's not now. And before he tells him that, he says this, you you keep desiring this, and then let me give you some things to do. And first of all, he's gonna tell him, you're gonna uh, practice repentance, you're gonna keep my commandments. What
0: verses are you? In? I'm yeah. in
1: verse nine. Hmm. And then in verse 10, you have a gift, or you will have the gift if you keep desiring of me with faith and with an honest heart, and you believe in the power of Christ because it is I that speak. I am the light. And by my power, I'm giving you these words. And then he's going to teach him two things. One is how to recognize the spirit working and moving in your life. And the other is what to do in the waiting. So let's talk about the spirit first. How do you recognize the spirit, which I love this part of section 11 because a lot of times we go and speak and particularly when we go and speak to youth all over the world. Sometimes we'll have them write in questions. What questions do you want to know? And no matter what, the large portion of the questions will be the same question, which is, how do I know if it's the spirit? How do I know? Or like, how do I know if it's just, that's what I'm thinking I should do? Or
0: am I on the right track? Does God really want me to be doing this? Yes.
1: You feel that. And I think we all know that, right? Well, you'll have a prompting and then you'll be like, was that me or you know or was that yeah. the spirit am i supposed to do it
0: and uh, let's come back to section 10 for just a second and say hey fyi it's great to try and work through that and oh, figure I it that you're out you're going to say
1: this the study it out part what's that the study it out no from oliver
0: was, oh no no what i was going to say is um don't be paralyzed by moving forward thinking yeah. like well i'm going to mess this up because remember backup plan like okay, you, good. you're, to you're mess doing up. the backup plan, yeah. and
1: i'm thinking about oliver When the Lord was like, study it out, come to a decision. And what if you're like, I don't know Um, that I love that he's like, okay, let me tell you if it's the spirit. Like, if you're wondering if it is the spirit, here is like this litmus test. If Mm. it is the spirit, I'm going to give you six things. And if what you're feeling or experiencing fits into one of these six things, you can trust it's the spirit. And, so this
0: is verses 10 through 14.
1: Yep, and, you, and you're and you going to see him clearly in 12 and 13. He says this, if it's telling you to do good, it's the spirit. If it's telling you to do justly, or you might, when you look at some of these, you're like, well, what does that even mean to do? We don't use language like that today. But um, if it's telling you to, to use equity or justice or to balance a situation the way God would balance a situation. That's the spirit. If it's telling you to walk humbly in a situation, that would be the spirit. If you're supposed to judge righteously between good and evil, and you're feeling a prompting one or the other, that would be the spirit. Um, Then you skip down into 13 and he tells you if, if your mind's been enlightened, if all of a sudden an idea has come to your mind, That's the spirit. And the last one I love, if it makes you feel joy when you think about doing that thing, that's the spirit. And I've used this so many times in my life where I'll feel something and I'll think, is it a prompting? And I'll immediately just think to myself, this list, okay, is it good? Is it going to cause me to do good? Maybe your prompting is, you should text that person. Well, I can't tell if the spirit told me to that or if I just thought it. Well, is it doing good? Okay, yeah. then you should just do it.
0: Or justly, is it like, oh, is, that ju- is it gonna lift somebody up? Yeah. If it's gonna lift somebody up?
1: You should do it. Do it's it. more than likely, it's the spirit that is helping you in that situation. Or if you're feeling the spirit be like, you could handle this a little bit better. You know that moment when you can just, you feel like, um That could be the spirit. Just act as if it is and do that thing.
0: There's that story that is so cool from um, President Packer that he tells where when he was a younger apostle, he was in Germany. And this is back when Germany was scary and stuff. And they are, um, he's about to get on a train to travel to a a new city. And right before he gets on the train, the set of young missionaries have brought him to the train station. And they, um, one of those missionaries had a prompting and he said, I should give him some money, you know, Yes. for the train ride. So he's just like, so he does. He gives him the money. And, and, and then they get on the train and, and they drive off. Now, two cameras. Camera one, um, <laughs> you follow President Packer and, and his wife into Germany in the middle of the night. Um, One of the guards comes and boom, 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 bangs on their door, asks them for their papers, their passports, tells them we're going to kick you off the train, um, yelling in German and even talking nicely in German sounds mean. And you're just like... (laughs) Everybody, he did not just say that. Sometimes it sounds a little, you know, know, ah, schnell.
1: He's never talked to you. He's never heard your German before. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so they're just yelling and and they're 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 gonna kick him off the train in the middle of the night and then he his translator's like give him the money so he gives him the money and then they come back and they're like oh they're actually fine they were just trying to hassle him and stuff like that and it ends up being like oh works out great that's camera one camera two here's this young missionary
1: you I already know what's gonna happen you know who's just like walks away why did I do that yeah. was I supposed to do that that was right. so dumb why did I just give in that. Money, Right, and he
0: writes in his journal that night, like, hey, met President Packer today, (laughs) super great man, you know, and he's just like, I felt this (laughs) thought, you know. Now, this is actually kind of rad. Let me tell you a rad part, and let me tell you, I shouldn't tell you the rad part, but I'm going to. Okay. The rad part is that years and years and years later, um, President Packer is telling that story at Rick's College at a devotional there with BYU-Idaho now, and sitting on the stand with him is Elder Bednar, the president of the university, who was that young missionary, hmm. and gave him the money. So years and years and years later, he found out, oh, I guess that was an impression. But what he teaches is, Elder Bednar likes to teach this, where he's just like, that this lesson took me way too long to figure out, that he could have known it was the Spirit, back when he was a 19-year-old missionary, by just looking in section eleven and saying, is is that going to like is that good? Do I feel joy to give him that? Is that gonna like lift them up to do that? Then it is the spirit. And what if they just take it and buy an ice cream in Berlin? (laughs) Then they
1: felt joy too. Right. And it's just like
0: what if it ends like that? The thing is, it's like, don't get so this is so simple. It's such a simple way. To do much good, which she tells Hiram, you can do. Yep. Right?
1: So he's going to practice listening to the spirit. That's going to be one of the things Hiram is going to do while he's waiting. It's just this practicing, learning, how does the spirit work? And, and then, how cool,
0: as you put that into this list, right? Yep. While you wait.
1: Practice.
0: Practice doing good according to this, right? Yep. While you wait for that desire, just do much good. Yep. Practice having the spirit lead you into those things.
1: And then you love as we get into here because he's gonna tell him these words. Now, I want you to just think for a minute that thing you've been praying for forever that you're desperate for and you know it's a good thing and you know it's a righteous desire that you're praying for. And then to hear the Lord say this, wait a little longer.
0: Verse 16. Verse
1: 16, verse 18, hold your peace. Appeal to my spirit. Verse 19, cleave unto me with your heart. Verse 19, Mm -hmm. also be patient. Um, in verse 20, he says, this is your work, but it it's gonna be um, still this, this weight. And in that time, keep my commandments with all your might. Don't seek to declare my word, that thing that you want to do so badly. Don't do that right now. But first in verse 21, seek to obtain my word. And then if you desire, you will have my spirit, right? Because he's been practicing that. And my word, because he's been told, obtain that in the waiting, and then you will have the power of God under the convincing of men. But now in verse 22, hold your peace, study my word. He tells him twice, study my word until you have obtained all. And then I love, we're gonna see the same thing we saw with um, Oliver. I love when he just says to him, behold, you are Hiram, right? I know who you are. And remember, he knows everything. I know what you're going to do. I already know what you're going to do, right? There's part of that when you're holding back that present that you're like, oh, he's going to love this. But he's going to love it more in a minute, right? When he's done all of these other things, then he's really going to love this gift. Which doesn't come everyone until section 23. That's when that desire is finally realized. We have a ways to go.
0: Yeah. That verse right there is, our, it's always been one of my favorite verses, um, particularly because Which you, one? Which 23, one that 23, one. where he's like, you are Hiram, my son. Hmm. Like you have to remember the one who's telling you to wait has a fatherly love for you, is working desperately in all situations with ample provision to to make a good life for you. I This section 11, I've actually, um, and so have you held the original
1: mm.
0: of this one and one of the things I love most about it is the the original section 11 is in Hiram's handwriting so he is sitting there while Joseph's dictating the answer which is an answer to him and Hiram is the one writing it and I always think what did it how does heart jump when he got to that verse 23 and he just wrote from the Lord oh you are Hiram my
1: Yes. You
0: know it's so sweet. Yep, and you think
1: about that part, but you also think about too that part that must have just tugged at his heart a little bit when it was just like, wait a little longer, hold your peace. I told you a couple weeks ago about that time when we we bought that job that we felt so prompted, and the months before we bought that business, when Greg was doing everything he could to find a job, he was turning in his resume everywhere. We we got zero phone calls in those months, which was so weird. I mean, I would hire Greg. (laughs) Same. (laughs) no one else wanted to, and he got blessing after blessing from different people. Our bishop gave one, his best friend in Las Vegas gave one, our good friend here gave one, my dad gave him one. Every so often when just the weight of the waiting got so heavy, Greg would ask for a blessing, and in every blessing it says exactly the Lord has something in mind for you, wait. And that's so hard when you hear that in a blessing. You're like, that that actually is not what I wanted you to tell me right now. That's hard news. It's, why is it so hard to wait? I don't know, it is so hard to be in the middle of the journey mm-hmm. and in that. And I love that in 11, he's like, here, for those of you who are waiting, you just start reading in verse 16 and you read all the way till 30, and I'm gonna tell you what to do in the waiting. And it's so hopeful, you know. Yeah. It's it's just so there's so much goodness in that waiting. So if you are in that place, if you feel like you are in that waiting and you know what you're praying for is good and a righteous desire, you might love to spend a little bit of time in verses 16. Through thirty, and just let the spirit tutor you through this this next little bit of waiting.
0: And the advice that he gives isn't um, how to pass the time; it's how to find fulfillment, and joy, and treasure. Yes. Right now.
1: Yes, that's so Like you, so you don't weird. have to wait. Yeah.
0: We're not just like oh, just let's watch a movie until your good part of your life starts, but rather, Hiram, you're living the good part of your life right now. Let me show you and teach you how to embrace it Yes, right in this moment. Yep.
1: That's so good. It's not wasted time.
0: Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. He's no.
1: working in the waiting. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Y'all next week. We are going to be at the Joseph Knight home. Oh, you can't wait. And the Susquehanna wait. River. You can't wait <laughs> to meet Joseph like...
1: Knight. I will tell you right now, as much as he loves Hiram, I am in love with Joseph Knight. You are so excited. You can make a paper chain and count the days. That's how yeah. excited. So
0: a field trip next week to those really yeah. remarkable places. So we'll see you in New York. <laughs> this audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss
1: This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.